This is Tom Wilmoth with The Vinyl Approach. Today we talk about Willie Nelson. More specifically, a discussion about Willie's duet recordings. It's a surprisingly large and varied subset that runs through the man's entire career. The duet recordings discussed today are dismissed by some of Willie's fans. Case in point, I had a good friend in Texas named Tony who held Willie Nelson in very high regard, but held his duet projects in contempt. In fact, Tony took great pride in owning no duet recordings by Willie. That's actually quite a challenge for a fan, as Nelson's duets appear on many albums, Willie's own and on those of other artists. Duets have played a large role in Willie Nelson's radio success. His very first hit was a duet with his then-wife Shirley Colley. The song was called Willingly, and it went top ten country. That was in 1962. In the fall of 2019, Nelson recorded a version of the Queen song Under Pressure with Karen O of the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs. And in early 2021, Willie released a duet with Diana Krall performing the song I Won't Dance. These songs are separated by nearly 60 years of Willie Nelson recordings, including many duets. Nelson's three most successful singles have been duets. Mamas Don't Let Your Babies Grow Up to Be Cowboys and Good-Hearted Woman, both with Waylon Jennings, and To All the Girls I've Loved Before with Julio Iglesias. Love them, hate them, or merely tolerate them, Willie's duet recordings are unavoidable when approaching his catalog. People not steeped in country music often think that Willie Nelson entered the music scene in 1975 with his Red-Headed Stranger album and the single Blue Eyes Crying in the Rain. But as I say, Willie's first radio hit was in 1962. He had another top ten song later that year called Touch Me. No, not the same Touch Me that was a hit for the Doors. Between 1962 and 1975, Willie spent some time at Liberty Records, had a long stay at RCA, and short stints on the Atlantic and the United Artists labels. During these years, Willie Nelson appeared on the country singles chart 25 times, but these records were usually found in the bottom half of the country top 40. In fact, after the two 1962 hits, radio exposure for Willie dried up. Touch Me would be Nelson's last top 10 chart hit until 1975. Interestingly, Willie's last single to get any real radio play before his major breakthrough was a duet, a top 20 entry with Tracy Nelson, no relation. It was called After the Fire is Gone. Then in 1975, Blue Eyes Crying in the Rain became a number one song on the country chart. It even went to number 21 on the pop chart, fulfilling every country performer's dream, a crossover hit record. The Red-Headed Stranger album was itself a surprisingly big seller. Because of this, Columbia Records granted an unusually large amount of freedom to its newly signed artist in deciding what to record and to release. And to his great credit, once he had the chance, Willie Nelson was determined to share the spotlight, one that was a long time in coming. Nelson began to record duet albums with artists whose careers he wanted to help or pay tribute to. Willie's intention was to introduce his own newly expanded audience to country stars from an earlier era. For a while, it seemed that Willie placed a higher priority on these duet projects than on furthering his own career. Some of the performers who were sought out for these albums were unlikely candidates. Willie attempted to breathe new life into the careers of Webb Pierce, Hank Snow, and Farron Young. Or if not breathe new life, at least acknowledge the artist's importance to country music's past. 
This was as admirable as it was unexpected. These first duet albums were recorded in the late 70s and early 1980s, a time when some of Willie's partners had not enjoyed radio success in years, sometimes in decades. Occasionally, when a country star was no longer alive, Nelson recorded his own versions of songs associated with that performer. Most noteworthy of these albums is To Lefty from Willie, a heartfelt tribute to the late Lefty Frizzell. This 1977 release included some of the first songs Willie recorded following his massively popular Red-Headed Stranger album. Between the increasing number of duet projects, Willie continued to issue his own solo albums. In 1978 came an unexpected collection of standards called Stardust. Just as with Red-Headed Stranger three years earlier, Columbia opposed this release. They were worried that the record would confuse and alienate Nelson's audience. Stardust proved to have the opposite effect. The combination of Willie's phrasing and Booker T's arrangements caught the ear of many, including Frank Sinatra, who is said to have enthusiastically praised the album and Nelson's singing. Late in his life, Frank asked Willie to sing a duet with him, but it wasn't recorded in the traditional way. As with all of the songs on Sinatra's duets albums, separate vocal tracks of the two singers were combined by the record producer. This has been an increasingly used studio technique over the years where musicians who have sometimes never even met appear on the same recording. Here, the vocals of Willie Nelson and of Frank Sinatra were electronically combined on the song A Foggy Day. This theoretical collaboration with Frank was not enough for Willie, though. After Sinatra's death, Nelson recorded two full albums of songs associated with The Voice, My Way and That's Life. As with his Lefty Frizzell album, Willie's Sinatra CDs are not duet projects, but remembrances. Sometimes death does not deter Willie Nelson. Similar to the studio-created Sinatra track, Willie was able to record a song with the late Hank Williams. By overdubbing his harmony part onto Hank's recording of I Told a Lie to My Heart, Willie proves to be Hank Williams' finest duet partner. But that topic is best left for another time. Overdubbing has downsides. This technology was used for questionable ends in 1980 when trumpeter Danny Davis added new backing tracks to some of Willie's recordings for RCA long after Nelson had left that label. We don't know Hank Williams' opinion of Willie's added harmony, but Nelson is said to have been unhappy with Davis's album of overdubs. Maybe the difference is that Willie was involved in a heartfelt tribute to Hank. RCA had Davis attach himself to Nelson's recordings for a money grab. For several of his first duet albums with living performers, Willie Nelson sought out major names from country's past. These records showed the great respect Willie had for the artists, but they didn't always make for great music. Sections of these initial duet albums work well, but more often than not, they are disjointed affairs, forcing the listener to indulge Willie's generosity. In a few instances, Willie's duet partner had lost much of his vocal power, and almost always the artist was largely, if unfairly, forgotten by most of the music audience. Both situations were true with the recording sessions for duet partners Webb Pierce and Hank Snow. Willie and Webb's duet of In the Jail House Now was released as a single. It was a remake of Pierce's huge hit from the 1950s. But in 1982, country radio was no longer accustomed to the hard-edged voice of Webb Pierce. The Jailhouse single stalled on the chart at number 72. Similarly, the Hank Snow duet album fails to properly showcase Snow's abilities. 
In his autobiography, Hank Snow comments on this session. He is clearly pleased at Willie's attention, but was surprised by the hurried nature of the recording date. Snow was happy and impressed that Nelson wanted to record one of Hank Snow's earliest Canadian hits, Brand on My Heart. Willie knows his history. These studio dates with Willie were the last recording sessions for both Webb Pierce and for Hank Snow. Webb was clearly proud of the album. Shortly before his 1991 death, Pierce is seen in a filmed interview where the only item visible on the wall is a framed copy of his Willie Nelson duet album. The fact that Willie chose to record with country greats from an earlier generation demonstrates one of the most important traits of these projects. They show Nelson to be a living archivist. Few of these albums can be placed among the best work of either Willie or his duet partner. However, the fact that Nelson is ready to play the role of respectful second fiddle to these artists shows his priorities and his country music heart. These duet projects sold poorly for Columbia and quickly went out of print. Until their CD reissue on the Coke label, some of these albums were nearly impossible to locate, especially Willie's album with Farron Young called Funny How Time Slips Away. This is ironic and unfortunate since the Farron Young record is one of the more musically satisfying of the duet projects. Another successful pairing is the first of several albums by Willie with Ray Price called San Antonio Rose. Unlike most of the duet projects, this 1980 album produced two bona fide country hits, including Faded Love, which went to number three. Willie's personal association with Ray Price goes way back, with Nelson playing bass in Price's Cherokee Cowboys band during the early 1960s. Among the least successful duet projects of this era is the fragmented Old Friends record with Roger Miller. Of its ten songs, Willie and Roger are heard together only twice. It's almost deceptive marketing to call this a duet album. I've been told that Roger Miller wasn't feeling well during this recording session. Some of Willie's later duet partners needed less saving from obscurity than others. Merle Haggard, Johnny Cash, and George Jones were country music icons when they recorded with Willie, and were probably known to much of Nelson's pop audience as well. And the pure country crowd was at least dimly aware of Willie's duet partners Leon Russell, for a double album, and of Bob Dylan, for one song. Although he was already a star in much of the world, Julio Iglesias was introduced to a huge new American audience through the duet To All the Girls I've Loved Before. This record was among Willie Nelson's biggest-selling singles ever, going top five on the pop chart. Waylon Jennings' Lukenbach, Texas includes Willie as more of a surprise guest on the last verse than as a true duet partner, but the record did wonders for the careers of both Waylon and Willie and the boys. With the unexpectedly large record sales for Willie's own non-duet albums, one can see why Columbia was tolerant if bemused by its artist's quirky hit-and-miss approach to recording, bemusement that intensified once the misses began to outnumber the money-generating hits. But at first, there were enough hits to make Columbia happy. Willie charted seven number-one duet singles, with partners ranging from Julio to Merle to Ray Charles. These records were not all on the Columbia label, but most were. And even if on another label, as with the Whalen duets, these radio hits provided ongoing name recognition, and Willie's own records continued to make big money for Columbia, so much so that Willie could release whatever he wanted. This type of freedom, even if offered briefly, is unusual at a major label for any artist, but nearly unheard of in country. Record sales don't warrant the financial risk. But for a while, Columbia gave Willie the freedom that Merle Haggard briefly enjoyed at Capitol Records in the early 1970s, when his record sales had allowed Haggard to release heartfelt but low-selling tribute albums to Bob Wills, Jimmy Rogers, plus the gospel record called Land of Many Churches, 
the latter two being pricey double albums. Just like Willie a decade later, Haggard wanted to show the roots of country to his fans, and he was intent on preserving history no matter the potential cost to his own career. Altruistic as the duet projects seemed, Nelson was not only on a mission to rescue forgotten colleagues and reclaim history. Oftentimes, it appeared he was simply enjoying himself. In 1977, Willie recorded with Mary Kay Place, not a country music artist, but an actress who played the role of one. Mary Kay Place portrayed a character named Loretta Haggard on the quirky sitcom Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman. Willie and an in-character Loretta Haggard had a hit duet with Something to Brag About, and even performed the song on Saturday Night Live. Willie's partners became increasingly diverse. In 1992, he recorded Don't Give Up with Sinead O'Connor, and in 2001, Willie teamed with Kid Rock on the song Last Stand on Open Country. Some later radio chart success came with a duet in 2003. Willie had to be told by his recording partner Toby Keith that their single Beer for My Horses had done well. How well, Willie asked. Six weeks at number one. Willie had no idea, which I find interesting, but he promised to immediately put Beer for My Horses into his live set. Willie's duet albums have even featured instrumentalists as partners. Jackie King is a left-handed electric guitarist from Austin, Texas. Nelson's record called Angel Eyes gives King a great deal of room for soloing in addition to prominent album cover credit. It's another of Willie's duet albums on Columbia that was in print only briefly and sold poorly. It was one of the albums that is said to have increased the level of irritation at the Columbia label concerning Nelson's recording decisions. And it wasn't just record executives. Some of Willie's audience lamented his casual approach to recording. But Willie always seemed to know what he was doing. The duet with Mary Kay Place I mentioned a minute ago went country top ten, and the Kid Rock song received heavy radio play on alternative country playlists, helping with name recognition for both singers. Willie became so well known for his duet projects that a few country performers chided Nelson for not recording with them, good-naturedly one would hope. Tom T. Hall lamented on a talk show that he had not yet been asked to record with Willie. Tom T. joked that maybe Willie was going alphabetically. Comedian George Burns, of all people, had some low-rung chart success with a 1981 single called Willie, Won't You Sing a Song With Me? A more logical pairing came in 2019 on George Strait's CD, Honky Tonk Time Machine. The closing song is Sing One With Willie, and as the title indicates, this is a duet by George Strait and Willie Nelson with lyrics that celebrate their opportunity to finally sing together. I have tried to be honest in today's assessment of Willie Nelson's duet recordings. There are great moments to be found in this part of his career, although admittedly some are deeply buried. But hidden gems or not, I know that my Texas friend would stand fast in his determination to keep Nelson's duets out of his collection. And I will admit that I would not use many of these duet records to convince a stranger of Willie Nelson's great talent. Still, the duets have frequently shown their worth, both on the charts and sometimes as fine recordings in their own right. Maybe more than this, the duets are successful in fulfilling Willie Nelson's desire to preserve history while simultaneously expand the audience for country music. It's clear that Nelson has recorded with a wide variety of musicians. Just some of those we didn't have time to discuss today include trumpeter Wynton Marsalis, Snoop Dogg, Lacey J. Dalton, Curtis Potter, Rattlesnake Annie, jazz guitarist Herb Ellis, and golf pro Don Cherry. There are more. As such, even a focused examination such as this cannot pretend to offer a complete look at Willie's duet recordings. 
And just trying to decide exactly what constitutes a Willie Nelson duet can be a challenge. For example, does the Jackie King guitar album Angel Eyes really count as a duet project? Do some of the individual tunes on group albums with the Highwaymen fit here? Or those with his more obscure group, The Offenders? Sister Bobby Nelson is part of Willie's road band. Do the albums that feature just the two of them belong here? Regardless of how the music is categorized, the duets have the ability to lead Willie's listeners to artists they may not have heard before, such as Webb Pierce, Herb Ellis, and so many others. This cross-pollination works in many directions, with fans of Kid Rock and the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs discovering Willie Nelson through these younger performers' recordings. Willie tells us he has a long way to go before he has recorded with everyone he'd like to. This goal must give us pause. But the reason for the goal remains praiseworthy. Since the start of his career, Willie has wanted to make sure his fans were aware of artists who he felt were important. To quote lyrics sung by country music authority George Strait, Willie Nelson is totally gracious. I'm Tom Wilmoth, and this has been The Vinyl Approach. If you are interested in reading more of my opinions about music, I have published a book called Sound Bites, A Lifetime of Listening. And if you'd like to hear some of these duet recordings with Willie Nelson, there is a list on Spotify. Take care, and I'll see you next time.